Hi, and welcome to Making the Time podcast with Shelby Hughes. You are listening to episode four, Loving Your Spouse Well. In this episode, we are going to talk about what happens when we love our spouse fully. We will discuss how to make the time for our spouse in the everyday hustle of life. And I will give you one tradition that my husband and I plan to do every year in our marriage to make it stronger. I will also give you one of my favorite resources for growing in your marriage. So let's begin. Single or married or whatever your position in life, we all know the scripture from Ephesians about marriage. In Ephesians 5, 22 through 33, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as a church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. That is such a beautiful example of what a marriage should look like. But for most of us, our marriages are works in progress. Our marriages are made up of two imperfect people who are trying to put in 100% effort, but we still fall short of that picture, that biblical picture of marriage. But as the pastor says at our church, Marriage should not be 50-50. I'll give 50%, you give 50%. No, it should be the husband gives 100% of his effort into the marriage and the wife gives 100% of her effort into the marriage. Because when we do that, when we are putting 100% effort into it, even though we are imperfect and we will miss the mark and we won't get this marriage thing right, while we are here We can do the very best that we can possibly do. And so, when my husband loves me as Christ loves the church, when my husband is making his fullest attempt to love me as Christ loves the church, as he loves his own body, Satan is defeated. His plan and his schemes and his uncreative tricks are defeated. And when I respect my husband and I let him lead us, and I let him lead us in our marriage, and I choose to trust him, Satan is again defeated. Then we both know love. 
And God is love. So to know that love is to be able to know God better. And something amazing happens for me in particular when my spouse is loving me as he loves himself, when he's loving me as Christ loves the church. This is what happens. Many women that I know struggle with their identity. They struggle with feeling like they're enough, with feeling like they're not, they're not good enough or they're not doing enough, that they're not pretty enough, smart enough, worthy enough. But when we experience the full 100% effort from our husbands loving us, then those lies that the enemy is speaking are vanquished. And if we're not married, it's when we are fully seeking God 100%. That's when we experience God's love for us. Because certainly as husband and wife, when we can follow the biblical approach to marriage, it's then that we feel most loved and cherished. It's when we feel like we know who we are even. But our spouse cannot take the place of God himself. That is way too much pressure. Our spouse, our husband, might be an example of Christ, but he is not Christ. He can't save us from all of our insecurities, and he can't save us from all of our inadequacies. Only Christ can do that. So whether single or married, we should seek God fully. And it's when we seek him fully that we learn who we are to him. We are more than enough. We are conquerors. We are his daughters, and he loves us. Why do we have to make the time for our spouse, the one that we said, I do, to, in sickness and in health, until death do us part? The one we've promised to spend our whole entire lives with, why do we have to make the time for them? Because it is easy to get caught up in the crazy of life, raising our family and, and all of the events that we have between church and activities and functions and and work the big one is work <laughs> and all the other added responsibilities it can be so easy to get caught up in all of the other things even some of the smaller things some of our passions some of our hobbies it can be so easy to get caught up in doing all of the other things that we put our marriage on the back burner and that we don't make time for the one we promised to give our time to. And so how? How can we make the time? Because my husband and I live in Pennsylvania and we don't have family nearby, it takes a little creativity in order to have a date night. <laughs> we are very fortunate that our family lives only a couple hours away, so here and there we go on dates, but most of the time we have to find creative ways to have date nights at home. It could be so easy on a date night to just sit back and want to watch TV and not do anything else because we just want to veg out after a very long day. And sometimes those are much needed date nights. But my husband and I have tried to be more creative in our date nights um, at home while while the kids are little. Um, and we go downstairs and we'll we'll sing and we'll worship God. We might play board games. We might just sit and talk. We might just read together. One time there was a meteor shower at 5 a.m. in the morning and my husband woke me up and we went out and we laid on our deck underneath the stars drinking coffee to stay warm. Sometimes making the time requires intentionality and creativity. 
So my husband and I will have been married for five years in May. And that doesn't seem like a whole lot of time. But when you break it down, we will be married for 1,825 days at the five-year mark. That's kind of a lot. And I think it was our third year of marriage that we decided to book this little rustic cabin in a national park and spend the weekend there. No kids. My parents watched the kids. No technology. And we bought ourselves a whole weekend of time. And in that weekend, we hiked, we read books, we watched an eagle fly over the river. We just spent time together. We relaxed, we refreshed, we rejuvenated ourselves. Um, We stripped away the technology. We stripped away all of the responsibilities of life. And we just spent time with one another. And it was a way to get to reconnect with one another after a rather difficult year. It was in doing that that we realized that we needed to do that every single year of our marriage. If you don't have a time in the year where you and your husband just get away from everything, all of the responsibilities of life to sort of rekindle that flame and get back on the same page with one another, then I would just highly recommend that you start now. It is the best. And I would suggest that you keep technology at a minimum, that you turn your phones off, and that you just spend time with one another. The last thing I have for you is a resource called The Art of Marriage, and there is a book and a video series that go together. It's usually used within church groups, small groups, that kind of thing, but I would say that you can probably do it on your own, that you can probably do it within your own marriage. A group is good to sort of get the conversation going, but it can certainly be done within your home. And so my husband and I, when we realized there was a marriage small group, we knew we wanted to be a part of it. Not because our marriage had any major problems or anything, but because we've always wanted to be intentional about growing in our marriage. So we started this small group, and if I'm being honest, I was a little apprehensive because I didn't really want to talk about any sort of marital issues or have any sort of counseling sessions or be vulnerable. (laughs) I didn't really want to be vulnerable. I do much better with just talking about it within my own home and then applying it there. But we did. We we took that step and we and we did the small group and it was the best thing because people were authentic and real about their marriage and I was able to see how at everybody's stage in marriage, it was far from perfect. My husband and I are now going through the art of marriage again because our church is doing that during Sunday school. My biggest takeaway from the video series was this. My spouse is not my enemy. And I know that to be true, but when there is confrontation, when there is tension, when we're not feeling very loving and we're not behaving lovingly, Saying to myself that my spouse is not my enemy stops that confrontation automatically for me. There might still be a little tension as we try to resolve the situation, but it stops me in my tracks because my husband is not my enemy. Satan is the enemy, and he is doing everything he can to drive a wedge into our marriage relationship because he does not want a marriage that looks anything like Christ and the church. Oftentimes where there's confrontation and tension, there is selfishness on both people's part because both people don't want 
to give in to something. And ever since the fall of man, we have been people selfish. We have been selfish. Because you see, it wasn't enough for Eve to eat the fruit and behold good and evil and leave it be. But she had to drag Adam down with her. We are more selfish than we care to admit. And that makes marriage hard. Because marriage, probably more than anything, requires dying to self over and over and over again. Until we get to the point where we are both dying to ourselves and we are both choosing to give 100%, until we reach that point, there will be division. And even when we're getting it right, there's always going to be that imperfection that we have because we are sinful, because we are selfish. And ultimately, marriage teaches us to die to ourself. Let's pray for our spouse. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for my spouse and that you have given this beautiful gift of marriage to us that we may choose daily to die to our desires, to die to our wants and our needs so that we might love them and respect them. I ask that you would lead us in our marriage. And whenever we feel tension and confrontation, God, I just ask that you would plant that reminder in us that our spouse is not our enemy. Father, for the one listening right now whose marriage is faltering, I just pray that you would strengthen them, that you would help them to communicate with one another, that you would help both of them to die to themselves and be willing to give 100%. Help us in this marriage thing, Lord Jesus, because we are so off the mark of getting it right. We need you, and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. In the next episode, we are going to talk about how to love our children well. And what does that look like in the different stages and ages? So whether you have children or not, I hope you'll join me for the next episode. And as always, thank you for making the time to listen.